afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. I think I'm David Wilde. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And uh, how is everyone tonight? It's really hot in LA. We have the, uh, I actually usually turn the air conditioner off when we record, but I'm keeping it on because it's hot in this room. So you might yeah. hear a little bit of... Uh, I told my wife I was going to take a walk on Ventura Boulevard when it got cool before the podcast. <laughs> she goes... It's never going to get cool no, on Ventura Boulevard. No way. It's going to be a red, white, wet, hot American summer. There's no hookers out tonight. It's so hot. I was the only hooker out there. <laughs> John Lee Hooker was actually. There. How did you? How did you do? Did you get some? Uh, you got some Johns? Business is bad. <laughs> you have a nice tan. You're getting a tan. Well, I got Italy, and then I've been on yeah. the roll of being oh. outside a fair amount. Dude, and how hot? How? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You got there. You went to Italy right after I did. Yes, and it was. Only a hundred when I was there, oh but I think God. you hit the crazy, crazy. It was heat. so hot. It was unbelievably hot. You were crazy from the heat, like David Lee. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you though. You were saying you were, you were. Uh, uh, I interrupt. I'm a mess. That's, I'm just a mess. My son went to college this weekend, but you're not an empty nester yet. No, I got. I got, I'm a half empty nester. I should say half full. Well, spoil, spoil this kid that's home. Spoil him rotten now. No, he's going to leave too. And now I'm on to these kids. They get older and they leave. <laughs> Little bastards. You could adopt a child. You want a baby? No. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm thinking of adopting a... a is it Mike Siegel, the drug addict? I want to <laughs> yeah. and then get him the rehab he that needs, he needs. He needs to be cleaned up. Someone into a safe house. Do you, do you have pets? Uh, I am the pet. <laughs> uh, no, my wife... Is not a no. In fact, that's like one of the crazy many feelings I've been having is like I need a dog, and then it's like, but I never had a dog when we had when Andrew was here, and then I thought I should have gotten Andrew a dog, but Andrew didn't like dogs. See, there's my wife, so <laughs> I don't. It, I, it's all going downhill. Um, and who's more broken up about it, you or your wife, or is it equal? Um, she has like lost her voice. We're both both having deep. <laughs> Cosmic reactions. To uh-huh. it. No, we're good. he's couldn't be happier. He's having a great time. I find when people go away he, from me, they're very happy. He's in the state. He's not far away from you. No, he's 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 up north at Berkeley, and uh, I feel much better that knowing that I could get on a plane at any moment, yeah, and go see him. But I won't. And you could be I there could. in you, what is it, an hour to get up there? Yeah, go to yeah. Oakland and get go. Yes, and you probably do work. Uh, you're probably up there doing stuff from time to time. Yeah, yes. So I have a yeah. I'll be up there in yes. I I'm now finding excuses to be up there. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I, I think Hall Notes are playing Berkeley. They're playing on campus. Oh. I got it. That, that's you know. Even if he won't go, I'll just go. Yeah. I, I, I feel like he's out of touch, and I'm out of time. I can put you in. <laughs> I think you're out of time. Yeah. I think I could put you in touch with uh, their manager. I, I could put me in touch with John Oates. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know what? I think it might be better if you go through their manager then. <laughs> um, what else? So, yeah, uh, Italy was amazing, but it was, I mean, it, it, it was gelato and wine and pasta like every day. And I discovered they have this lemon soda which I was drinking like a fiend yes. constantly. Yeah, the food uh, 
I, I have a very close friend who's a major foodie who wrote down a list of every place to go and like oh, after a week or, but you. after a week or two you realize it's all good it is all you good you can't go too wrong and like i didn't even want too good now here's what i was asking uh, i was t- talking about with uh, my wife pilar i said how come when you we go to like an italian restaurant like here and it says authentic Italian food, and and you find out that the owner's family moved here generations ago. Blah blah blah. I go, but it doesn't does not taste like that tasted. What happens in in translation? They don't get the recipes over here. What's going it's, on? Maybe it's the ingredients. Don't worry. Under a here. Trump administration, Italian food will be wonderful. He's got a wonderful plan. It's the best. The best Italian food. I like ragu. There'll be a wall around the restaurant with a door. <laughs> Oh, boy, Just don't Trump. make it a Latin restaurant. There won't be any Latin restaurant. Trump is making me nervous. No Mexican. Why should I be nervous? The election's not for over a year yet. I, I'm just, you know, I'm frustrated because they're not showing the 70s on CNN enough. Because <laughs> every time Trump does something, they like, they had, I guess today uh, when we're recording this, it yeah. was an anniversary of Katrina or something, and they blew it off to just, or last night to show wow. whatever Trump, like whatever Trump's doing is getting ratings. So, you know, I think he's loving it. I, I I think it's crazy because the Republicans are getting the greatest ratings of all time, but there'll yeah. be no one left to vote for them when yeah. the election comes. It is so uh, pissed off everybody. It's uh, it's interesting. Good for comedy, though. Mm-hmm. It's good for comedy. Good for comedy. So tonight, David, you are here because we are going to discuss a band. Is this one of your favorite bands? Because you picked this topic. You picked this band to discuss. Yeah, a band close to my heart, uh, listened to constantly, uh, have. Many stories to name drop. Mm-hmm. That's, of course, the first That's excellent. priority. Uh, yeah. In fact, I was trying to think. Uh, I was planning some name drops mm-hmm. and some restaurant drops since we were talking food. And I was trying to think of the place I had. There was one time a couple of years ago when I was doing something project with uh, Stevie Nicks. And she goes, you want to have dinner? And I was like, oh, my inner. That's, that's when you, those moments where you go, my 12-year-old who just wanted nothing more. Yeah than to have any meal with Stevie Nicks. Yeah. The combination of food mm-hmm. and Stevie Nicks, that is my, but it was that place across from Warner Brothers Studios, that roast beef steak place. The Smokehouse? The Smokehouse? Smokehouse, exactly. And I thought, what a weird, I never would have ended up thinking, thought that my, you know, I'd have to be having dinner with Stevie Nicks at the Smokehouse. So you did have the I dinner. I did, I did have dinner. Was it just the two of you? Uh, I think it might have been Cheryl Lewis, her manager. Okay. And... And Stevie, I think it was the three of us. Jeez, I was gonna, I was Just gonna call, gals. I was gonna call it a date, but now that Cheryl messed it up. It was a double date. And um, how long ago was this? Four years ago. Four. Oh, that's a that's that's great. I no, I've gone. Uh, I feel I've been sort of like the, uh, in a way, the child that Stevie and Lindsay didn't have, because I started out twenty years ago. Was it whenever Mirage? When was not Mirage? Uh, when Tango ev- in the Night? Tango in the Night. Nineteen eighty-seven. Okay, so going. I met. I'm going to throw that. That's up. pretty good. I yeah. met Lindsay on the phone. Became phone friends with Lindsay around mm-hmm. that time, and I was definitely Lindsay's boy. Yeah. And worship Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Always have. And you'll notice my list. There's a whole lot of Lindsay. But then Stevie, in those years when I'd interview her for things, she was in her troubled years with, mm-hmm. you know her that she's talked about a million times yeah, with yeah. addiction and 
I liked her very much, but she would tend to cry every time you spoke to her. She was just, <laughs> she was so emotional, and, and she was, uh, by her own account, a bit of a mess in those years. Yeah. So then, when I moved here... Did she here, cry at dinner, like when they didn't have the no steak brain, sauce no. that she wanted? <laughs> no. She's, you know, I wanted A1, I usually bring my own A1, and when I don't bring it, they make a combination of, they put, they put a barbecue sauce and a ketchup together, and they mix it up, and that's exactly what Lindsay used to make for me, and that made me think of Lindsay, and then I cried. You were not at this dinner. <laughs> I would have remembered that. Uh, thank God I was the only guy. But no, she, uh, when I did get to know her, when mm-hmm. I moved here in 91, I, hit, I got to know her during the time when she's really, she's amazing. She's great to spend time with. She's mm-hmm. really funny and nice and smart. And Lindsay is... You know she's a witch. Also a witch. <laughs> How much twirling goes on at dinner? I trolled. Oh, I, let me I, I let me ask you: This is a ter- totally serious question. Yes. I only ever see Stevie Nicks in stage clothing. Yes. What does she wear to dinner? Does she wear a long flowing dress? And I'm not I'm not even trying to be funny. I really want to know what Stevie Nicks wears to a dinner, if you can remember. She's. We were had been shooting a little video thing, mm-hmm. so she was stylish, always okay. stylish, yeah. but not you know not I don't think heavy scarved or okay. anything like that. Okay. Okay. But. but uh, yeah, less scarves than say Stevie uh, Stevie Stevie Tyler. Tyler. I've had I've had time with Steven Tyler. He tends to have more scarves. Yeah, Steven Tyler is his his look is evolving. He's got like I'm dropping be- Stevie multiple. Times. I know he's got. Uh, is is Wonder going to come into this conversation? It, yes. Um, what? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I I was hoping you would say, oh, Stevie just shows up, no makeup. She's got her hair in a baseball hat and a ponytail out the back, and she looks great. Yeah, she's way. tiny. Right? How tiny is she? That's not a problem for me. She's uh, yeah. she is smaller than I. She's shorter than I. She's am, a is, tiny, tiny girl. And then. one of the most beautiful women mm-hmm. in the history of rock. I, I, I still. Well, uh, when we did, had the seventies era mm-hmm. recently, there was like this moment where they went from Linda Ronstadt, who was so beautiful in the seventies, right, into I agree Stevie, with you. and it's like, oh my god, like women then were just you yeah, know, and it was not like they were women. They were not you know. I think we've hit the phase of like everything has to be. All the sex symbols are coming directly out of Disney shows, right. so they're all like little girls. I know. I like women. Yeah, they, these these women these women, these, these women were always women. Yes. Um, yeah, my friend. I have a friend that says it all. Oh, you he do could, not have a friend. I have a couple. Okay. Not that many. Uh, Andrew Gold. Is oh, his name? No, he's no longer with us. I know us. he's all right, rock and I peace. I wish he was. Did you, did you ever meet Andrew Gold? I never did, but I uh, I, 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 I love uh, I love his music. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my friend says his, his dream woman is if he could get in the time machine and go back to uh, rumors era, uh, Stevie Nicks. I said, well, that doesn't mean that you would date her, but you could, you could try to get close to her. <laughs> uh, I think she's beautiful in all her, in all her eras. Oh no, I do too. Yeah. But he, that's, that was my, what my friend said. Yes. Well, I think that's creepy. <laughs> I think your friend is that's crazy. why he said his so, friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's what I always say. So um, tonight we're going to discuss the uh, the the career of Fleetwood Mac. There's a there's the classic lineup. Yes. There's many lineups before that. Yeah, no, I, it's actually interesting. I'm going to keep name dropping so mm-hmm. I can get it all in, and get it out of my system before the song. And did you say, did you see them when they came to the Hollywood Bowl this last time? No, I was out of town, and I what's really de- I, I got to talk to all of them. I guess when they put out the anniversary edition of Rumors recently, yes, uh, they asked me to write the liner notes, and it was really interesting because I said, "Oh my god, how am I going to do that?" And I said, "Okay, I'm going to try to do something. 
I've never tried to do, which is I'm literally going to try to pretend I've never heard this album before. Cause that is tough. It's probably the album I've heard more than any album. In that is tough. And I literally did this sort of, I, I, I did like what, what Hillary Clinton might or mm-hmm. might not have done to her, uh, her, her email. Uh, I, 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 I literally tried to wipe and go fresh with it and listen to it with new ears as much as I possibly could. And I found I liked rumors more than I remembered. And there were songs that I hadn't loved. Yeah as much that just really stood out. It just was interesting. It was, yeah, I think there's only one song on it. I don't like, if you want to say, you can say, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not that big of a, if I was going to fast forward one, it would be probably Oh daddy. Oh wait, is Oh daddy not? Yeah. Oh daddy's on rumors. Isn't it? I have to look now. Maybe that's on the self titled. Hold on. David, you don't know. You're not helping me. No help at all. Hold on. I'm looking. Uh, no, Oh daddy is track 10 on rumors. Yeah. I, uh, that's the one that I would, if I was going to fast forward one, it would be that one. Well, it's interesting with Christine songs. Mm-hmm. I really like Christine, and I'm really happy that she's back in the band. Yeah, uh, she's a nice lady. When I, I don't know her well, I, mm-hmm. I don't. I I I've met them all, but I don't know her well. But I, with the song, there was something a missing ingredient when she was not there, right? And it made like uh, "Say You Will" the album they did without mm-hmm. her. There's something missing, but in terms of the songs that are on my list, I noticed there's definitely weighted towards Stevie and yes. Lindsay, and I think it's because that tension, that dynamic, mm-hmm. and I, I've gotten to know that it's not like an act. Like That's a weird relationship because they are two people I love and admire, and they're the two of the most different people. Like They're one of those couples where you go, oh my God, how did they ever get along? Because... Lindsay is one of the more cerebral people I know. He is from the head, in his own head, a musical genius. Yeah. Stevie's like a poet and uh, really like a poetic, arty, funny, cool person, but she's from the heart, 100% emotional. And they're so opposite, and I love that tension. I love Buckingham Knicks. I I probably have talked to them more about their Buckingham Knicks album than yeah, any why, other why album. Can, why can't we get that? Why they isn't don't, that? They don't even know. The rights are so screwed up. They, I mean, I have it because I got it, you know. Yeah, we all did, bought the, a German import when it was available for an yeah, hour. Yeah, the way you're not supposed to get your music, but I did. So, yes. Because I want it. Yeah, but, no, and there have been a million. <clears throat> I, I've Listen, I've said I'll write the liner notes for nothing for yeah. this one. And I think there were different parts points when they were talking about doing a tour like a Buckingham Knicks that would be phenomenal. tour uh, you know and then uh, they did one of their sort of lost songs they re-recorded yeah, it yeah. on that EP, EP. a couple of years ago I think uh, I'm going to be playing one of those tonight oh, okay cool uh, so I was going to say when, when we got into this but since we already started talking about this I was going to say the exact same thing about Christine McVie I love her songs she was missing from the Say You Will album she was missing live right uh, because then it becomes just Stevie and Lindsay, and I think you need that third go-to person that's not that's not either one of those. Her songs are are, are are so different from what those two write. Well, you know what it is. I was thinking about it, uh, and it's something I think I've discussed with Lindsay, which is people think of Fleetwood Mac. I think the rap, like people who are listening, some people think ah, they're easy listening. The truth is. Fleetwood Mac is uneasy listening. There, there's a lot of tension and weirdness and yeah. eccentricity. I think Christine was the one that actually did 
almost a kind of easy listening. She yes. often provided those sort of songs that were hits. She wrote a lot of hits. Great pop songs. Great pop songs. But you somehow, you actually need a little of that in their songs. Because otherwise, you need the to songs are very up. interior. Right? Yeah. There, and there was that Say You Will tour. That was, uh, God, and I'm getting emotional now. Because my son and my kids, that was their first concert they ever went to. was wow. a private rehearsal of, it was literally, we were the only people there. I was writing a tour book for Say You Will tour. And, she, and, I, and the night we were doing that, I had plans of my family. And, the, and they, uh, I think Stevie or someone said, bring, bring your kids. Mm-hmm. So that's their first concert was sitting on a couch watching Fleetwood Mac alone mm-hmm. rehearse. And I remember uh, Mick Fleetwood or John McVie, I think it was John McVie, walking out and scooping ice cream for the kids, like going into the... I thought, That's kids, great. you have no idea what a What's cool happening first here. concert, at, you know, and then, like five and six, five and then And then Mick Fleetwood stood up and they were scared. <laughs> exactly, because he has that. it's like Godzilla came in the room. Um, the, uh, what is it like to watch um, a band rehearsing like that? Are, are they running through the whole entire set list? Yeah, they did the entire set. Do they play it full out, like it's a real show? Yes, or? The whole, it, was a, it was a soundstage mm-hmm. uh, on Culver's, I think it was Culver Studios, full production. It was like the show. And I've often been invited to, the, they'll do like a warm-up show yeah. you know, for press or for a hundred, couple hundred friends. And you know, one time I saw the Eagles do that for their doctors. Like they literally had the staff of Cedar sinai wow. coming to watch at the forum. But this was literally... Those are the doctors. guys responsible for keeping the Eagles alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Um, the, uh, also, when you're talking about uh, the Say You Will album and Stevie and Lindsay, there's a documentary that was, that was made when that album came out about the making of that album. I know, I remember there's one scene where he, where Lindsay is telling her that the lyrics don't make sense. He said, you're changing tenses within the same sentences. You don't, no one writes like that. She goes, no, you don't write like that. I write like that. I was at some of those sessions that were in a house that Mick Fleetwood rented in the, one of the canyons here. And it was, and it was one of those things like the whole time I've, I've known them. It's been like, Lindsay would play me songs saying, at one point going, this is for my next solo record. And then eventually Warner Brothers or someone prevailed upon him. No, no, it's make it a Fleetwood Mac record. Yeah. And then they try to push everything together. Yep. And Stevie would be sort of reluctant. And there was, the tension was hysterical because mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you know, it's a, it's a stuff that rumors, you know, 20 years later, right. or 30 years later, they're still playing out some of those same issues. What, uh, I believe this too about, because I'm, uh, I love I love Lindsay's songs on a Fleetwood Mac album. I'm not always into a, a, a full Lindsay Buckingham album, and and I you would think I would be because I love his songs with Fleetwood Mac. But then when he does a solo album, I get excited for it, and then I like about half of it. Well, I think they are both aware and sometimes frustrated by the extent to which they need each other. They yeah. they do add something like. In fact, if I can pick my first song, can yes, I start now? Let's, let's start a song. My first song is a, uh, I'm go- I wanted to grab in case you were, I knew you would grab it at some point, I guess. So I'll gra- I'm going to start off with one of my only big, big hits. Okay. Because I remember having the discussion with both Stevie and Lindsay about this song because St- Lindsay sometimes is frustrated by the extent to which a lot of his genius is making other people sound great. And right. he said, for him, because I, I was told him, this is my favorite song, one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, I always said, and he goes, this is the perfect example of me and helping Stevie 
and her coming up with a great song and then me adding something to it. And the song is Gypsy. Uh, I, I think it's that, it's that sort of emotional, romantic poetry that Stevie does so well. But then Lindsay frames it and shapes it into one of the most perfect tracks ever. And I, he's one of my favorite guitar players because he has this unique style that a few people now imitate. Like I've heard Keith Urban do a little of it, but this, if I remember, there's some guitar, guitar bit on here that I remember thinking it's like a getting, it's like a Morse code. It's like a telegraph. Yeah. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. So let's hear it. Let's hear gypsy. Their voices in Fleetwood Mac are so interesting because there's times when you think Lin, it's you know it's Lindsay or you think it's Stevie yeah. and like I know for instance Lindsay has become an expert at he can sort of fake when there have been times when like I think it was the Mirage or Tango sessions where mm-hmm. Stevie was really not that available to him and where they could sort of he could sort of do speeding up his vocals to make it sound to like it Stevie sound like you know they sort of know each other so well but that song kills me this album i don't think is regarded very highly but i love this album top to bottom i love every single song in this this is probably the 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 fleetwood mac album that i play the most because i like that it's more poppy and it's not as i don't know maybe i don't know what i want to say as serious as maybe some of the songs on rumors obviously but i i love this album it was sort of the it was the antidote to tusk which i love but which Lindsay felt you know, that his hands had been slapped, that you'd gone too far. And yeah. it was like, I think there was like, you know, he always refers, he now refers to Fleetwood Mac as the big machine. And this was, you know, the big machine fighting back yeah. to sort of reestablish their place. And I agree with you. It's funny because it's not a hippest album. No, it's not the hippest. That's is, a good way to put it. It is such a strong record. Yeah, the song, I, and the songs hold up beautifully. And man, I would talk about an album that needs to be remastered because Mirage and Tango in the Night are just still available in the original CD that came out when it first came out, the first pressing. They haven't done anything with those two albums. Well, which is which I, is not definitely an opportunity, but it's also like, think about some of the bands. There's bands that you've bought the records, nine different versions. I know, So yeah. in a certain way, it's a little less of a money grab. I would happily, because there were a lot of B-sides from Mirage too, and I would happily pick up an expanded edition of Mirage. Warner Brothers, they're listening. Okay, I'm going to go way, way back. I'm going to go 1969. From then play on, this is pre-Stevie. This is pre-Lindsay. This is pre-Christine. This is Oh Well. You stole one of mine.
I probably heard the song for years on rock radio and never heard the DJ say Fleetwood Mac, so I didn't even know it was Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, this one you would hear, you didn't really hear their Black Magic Woman, which was theirs. Yeah. You hear Albatross a little bit. I can't help about the shape I'm in. I can't sing. I ain't pretty and my legs are thin. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answers that you want me to. Did you ever hear this song, Kyle? Sounds somewhat familiar. You're, but a, I don't know. you're a young kid. You can fade that down. You know, it's funny because that one, I would the reason I picked that one is that's one that, uh, you know, I think Lindsay, when he joined the band and when they didn't have enough of a catalog, he would actually do that one. Yes, they, live. You know, live. Uh, but that one, it still has a connection to like, you can heal, feel the through line for, between that and the chain and world turning. Yeah. Yep. Which Fleetwood Max, because the personnel has been so crazy, the story is so crazy, mm. there's not always, some people don't see the thread, but I think there is a thread that's very very kind of very cool to uh, to look at so that lineup is peter green danny Kerwin, peter, peter green one of the rare jewish british uh, blues <laughs> rock gods john mcvee mcfleetwood and jeremy spencer what's funny for me about fleetwood mac is i always think them of them as like a southern california band but but they have their foot firmly <laughs> yeah no in great no. britain yeah no and they they were very big for a few years as a as a blues rock band, yeah. and then Peter Green, everyone started going nuts. Uh, in fact, while we're doing the, I, I'm not. We could do a whole separate show of Fleetwood Mac favorites before the classic. Yeah. you know the famous lineup. But right. uh, the person I want to spotlight is uh, because I do love the Peter, Peter Green era, but the the era that I think is undervalued is the Bob Welch. Oh, absolutely. Era. And it wasn't that long, but Bob <laughs> Welch came in and I'm sorry. No, Kyle was going to start laughing because he knows my rant every time I talk about Bob Welch is that I cannot believe he wasn't inducted into the Rock and Roll He couldn't Hall believe thing. it either. Apparently, it, was, no. it didn't take it well. Uh, I mean, But it's clearly. crazy. He's on five studio albums. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. Uh, I think Bob Welch, you know, it sounds like he went nuts. As yeah. a fan, I sort of, you know, I, that's my sense. But his contribution was significant. He did keep the band going. Yeah. He had some success. Between he and Christine McVie, they, yeah. they wrote the songs and they did some great stuff. I personally kind of love the next song more than anything with Peter Green. Because to me, it has some of the magic of the Fleetwood Mac I grew up on, which mm-hmm. is the you know, sort of Stevie Lindsay one. Uh, but this was before that, and this is a song called Hypnotized. I think this is just a gem and haunting still. He's still one of mine. Yes, the same kind of story seems to come down from long ago. Two friends having coffee together when something flies by their window. It might be out on that lawn which is wide at least half of the playing field Because there's no explaining what your imagination can make you see and feel Somebody wants nothing It's still a great sounding track yeah. Really, really haunting and cool And, um... Uh, the the I love I love the mystery to me album. Yeah, Co- yeah. the co- album cover's not so cool. I don't even know what's going on there. Is it a monkey eating an ice cream sandwich? I don't know what's going on. Uh, 
it was it's interesting because I do one thing I did like about Fleetwood Mac is they had this crazy story where people kept on going into cults or insane asylums mm-hmm. or whatever, disappearing off the giving their money up to religion, yeah. whatever, all these crazy stuff. But they would often like, you know, Mick would. I think Mick is like one of those guys who, you know, still stays keeps the chain going in different ways. And I remember Bob Welch was gone by the time Stevie and Lindsay. That's why that was the opening that yeah. opened opened up for for Lindsay and then Lindsay part Stevie and. But after that, they sort of helped Bob Welch have a big sort of solo yeah, career for absolutely. a couple of years. You know, they were appeared on his records. Mm-hmm. They they did Sentimental uh, Lady, which the version with, you know, some of the putting a little of the Fleetwood Mac yeah. magic onto that track and sort of blessing it. Uh, he had Ebony Eyes. He had a few yeah. hits right around. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Precious Love. Precious Love. Um, and and with uh, with Bob Welch, they had. Uh, Future Games went gold, Bear Trees went platinum, and Mystery to Me went gold. So, I mean, gold and platinum albums with this guy, too. Yeah, I mean, I think, not, not multi, multi yeah, platinum, I think it was, but still. Yeah, it was enough to keep them on a contract with yeah. Warner Brothers, which is how you know they ended up being the people who made, made Warner Brothers for yeah. years. Well, I will play, uh, since we're talking about Bob Welch, I will play uh, the Fleetwood Mac version of Sentimental Lady from Bear Trees. I do think the later version, the Bob Welch solo version, with yeah. the fleet with the later Fleetwood Mac, yeah, is it's a better. little strong. Yes, but this is nice. And again, I love these Bob Welch albums. Do I love them as much as the classic lineup? No, but I really do love them a lot. Yeah, and he 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 deserves a place of honor in the so in the history. What do you think happens in because like Peter Green got inducted? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I vote, I vote, but I do yeah. not nominate, and I don't get. I've never been involved in that part of it. And I don't understand the politics of that. I do think the problem is like, there's so many people who've been a member Mm -hmm. of Fleetwood Mac, but I, you know, it's like, I just thought about it on the way here. It's like, was I said, am I imagining it? Or was Dave Mason in Fleetwood Mac for an hour? Like Becca Bramley, you know, I saw that. I saw Billy Burnett. There's a lot of people, but yeah, Bob, Rick Vito. Yeah. But I, I, in fact, I went backstage at that tour. Uh, I reviewed for Rolling Stone, the Mm -hmm. first show by that lineup and I went backstage afterwards, or before, I guess it was, and everybody had different managers and publicists and lawyers. Oh it was like, even without Lindsay, which was you know a big source yeah. of the tension at that point, Lindsay wasn't in the band, but they were still very tense. And Lin- Lindsay was such a good guitar player, they had to replace him with two guitar players. Right, it, and it didn't work. It still didn't work <laughs> no. without, with those two. And they're talented guys. Yes, but it yeah, did absolutely. Not work. Uh, yeah, no, no. So... Uh, if I'm moving on to my next song, I will time jump All right. so I can tell a story that I can weep to, which is uh, uh, I'm going to play a song that I think not the version from the dance. I don't think I have the version. I didn't bring the version from the dance, but 
the song that he did at the he did bleed to love her at the dance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Are uh, you bringing the version from uh, Say You Will? Uh, I think I'm doing. What version do I have? I don't even. Know. I think well, I must have the version from the dance. Eh, I don't know. Uh, but in any case, I'm playing the song because I remember at the dance was one of the most emotional days of my life. You were at that concert? Yeah, I was at the concert on the Do you mind station. if I throw my headphones down and just <laughs> leave the room? Well, you, you won't be mad at me when you hear that day. Uh, I can remember that day. It's one of the most emotional roller coaster days of my life. We were having our first baby and the excitement of that. Yeah. And we went to the doctors for... That what, kid's gone now. Yes, that kid, the kid who <laughs> up and left, went to college. That kid, so that's 18 years ago? Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Holy shit. You Sorry. Getting, you getting a call? You got to take that? Is it Jeff Lynn? Should I see if it's someone famous? Go ahead. Okay. Patch him through. Hello? So that was not a famous person, unfortunately, for the show. That was just a personal call for David, so we are moving on. Um, I'm sorry. No worries. Who just and who just played? I played Sentimental Lady. You're pl- and you were He's talking about it up. Yeah. Yes, you're talking about the dance and emotional. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to make sure that Believe to Love Her is on the dance. It is. Okay. So let me tell the story he, again, he, and you can. That, that's when they introduced it, but then they also recorded it studio version for Say You Will. Yeah. It's not on your list, though. It's not on my CD. Mm-mm. Okay, then Big Love was they did Big Love at it too, didn't they? Yeah, I have I have the dance version of Bleed to Love Her. If you want me to play no, no. it, is Big Love at the dance though? I think Big Love they played that there too. Uh, <laughs> I'm Why don't you just have him play it off of his? Yeah, yeah you have it. You can play it off of yeah, yours. Yeah. Okay, you're going to play Bleed to Love. I'm going to play Bleed okay. to Love from the dance. All right. Well, let me tell the story then. Sure. So I have it. You have it fresh. I'm sorry. So we can cut out all the call, and I'll never take another call. Yeah. The other call is going to be about Chris Isaac. That's not important. Taylor Swift. That's fucking important. Um, okay, so we just heard Sentimental Lady, and I'm going to tell a sentimental story. Okay. This is uh, the most emotional day of my life was my wife was pregnant with our son who just went off to college, so we know this is almost exactly 18 years ago. And the day of the dance concert, we went in for a routine checkup at the doctor's, and she was far along. And uh, the doctor said, we have a weird result, which is something you do not want to hear. No, you don't want to hear anything weird when your wife's pregnant. No, you definitely don't want it. And I was a paranoid first-time dad anyway. And he goes, I said, what is it? Well, I don't know, but it's, uh, it could be a cancer. And, and he sent terrible. us immediately over to an office at Cedars-Sinai, a cancer specialist, and we sat in a room with people who were in terrible shape, yeah. waiting for about three hours, four hours. And it was, you know, from the high of being about to have your first kid, I literally, I've never felt worse in my life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of four hours or three and a half hours, we were brought in to meet with this very, very top guy at Cedar sinai And he looked at the results and he went, it's nothing. <laughs> It's, idiop- it's an idiopathic. I think that was the term. It's like, in other words, just, this is a result, but it doesn't mean anything. Which is what you want to hear, but you want to hear it 10 minutes after you after, get to, Not yeah. after four hours no. of sitting in an office watching people in terrible, terrible just conditions. Squirming, just squirming in your seat and, you know, just, uh, that's I was, awful. No, and thinking not only about our baby, but also my wife. I yeah, mean, it sure. was the whole thing was just a yeah. nightmare. At the end, so at the, that's now five o'clock, at which point 
we said, okay, let's go to the Fleetwood Mac dance concert. <laughs> You've and, earned it. And we went to Warner Brothers. You, took, you parked in a garage. You were taken to some shuttle to a soundstage. We sat down, and I remember the minute the music started, I cried, I think, the entire show. Just like some release of, A, I love Fleetwood yeah. Mac, but it was just like this release of like realizing the, what we'd been on that day, and the music just destroyed me. And so I will play... Let's hear Bleed to Love Her uh, for my wife, who I love, and for uh, that day and for the dance. All right. Here we go. Now, uh, just to give people who don't know this, uh, the dance was in 1997. It had been 10 years since um, Tango in the Night came out, which Lindsay recorded the studio album with him, but then did not. Bolted. Yeah, and, but then he did not tour with them. Right. So it had been 15 years, basically, since this lineup performed together. I guess in the interim, there had mm-hmm. been the, they'd done the White House, right? Didn't they do the yes, inauguration yes, of they Bill played Clinton? Don't Stop. Right. That was like the first, like, really the reunion. Because when the president says, hey, you guys are going to play this, don't stop. Yes, exactly. So they did it. But yeah, so this so was a big deal. They did stop fighting and they did the gig. Right. But this was a, so the dance was a major thing. Oh, as a fleet, I wasn't just crying because of my yeah. uh, family situation. I was crying because the music yeah, yeah. is so powerful. I mean, that's, I, I'm sure we'll get to a song called The Chain. And that's what, I, I think that's the ultimate Fleetwood Mac song for me because there is a chain. They're chained together in ways yeah. they don't often like, and then in ways that are so deep. Like I, I, I was very moved by the fact that John McVie had his sort of brush with cancer himself. And then, you know, I, I think that might have had something to do with Christine reappearing. I think there's like, there's a connection between these people that they, you know, they need each other. That's another thing. If people don't know, everyone's, it's always about Stevie and Lindsay, but also John McVie and Christine McVie were married while they were in the band and then divorced and still in the band. Yeah. And I think Mick might've been with uh, Stevie, I think, I think, uh, yeah, she said she won't write a book until all the people that she's dated have passed. <laughs> no, I've, I've personally discussed it with her and she goes, yeah, a few more people have to die. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait. This, this, uh, I don't, I think by the time this airs, let me see by the time this drops, I got the date here. Uh, yeah. By the time this drops, the, uh, the Chrissy Hine book will have already come out and I cannot wait to read that. Oh yeah. She's an opinionated lady. <laughs> All right. My, my wife was not a music person. Uh, one of the only times she ever accompanied me to accompanied me when I was interviewing someone was, 
I was in Vegas interviewing Chrissy Hine backstage at a pretender show. The and best. My wife came. Uh, she was ba- just waiting for me outside, and then she was sort of listening to the interview. And my wife had no idea who Chrissy Hine was, not really aware of the pretenders. And she goes, she's kind of cool, isn't she? I said, yeah, she defines cool. She is the most badass, cool chick of all time. She is cooler than Leather Tuscadero. <laughs> Uh, and you can put that on the sticker. Yeah. Quote me. I, I will put that in the description. Can I also say your logo is friggin' great. Oh, thanks. The new logo. I don't know who it is. Aaron Gould made Aaron, that. How talented. Really, it's yeah. great. And it is. it does have that sort of uh, subliminal advertising breast thing happening. <laughs> That's what Kyle says. Yeah. Kyle's always right. Uh, Just listen to him. He's well, wise beyond his eight or nine years, however old he is. Uh, Bleed to Lover is an amazing song. And again, they re-recorded that uh, in the studio for Say You Will. My uh, my problem with the Say You Will album is it's got 18 tracks. And if they would have pared that down to 12, I think it would be a classic Fleetwood Mac album. Well, you can in the digital age. That's right. And I did when it came out. I was like, I listened to it quite a few times. I'm like, I just, some of these have to go for me but i mean 18 songs is a lot especially when you don't have that third voice because right. it's basically nine stevie or nine Lindsay, or it might be even 10 and eight whatever it turns out to be but um the songs that are great on that album are stellar yeah i have another one or two i have two on my list i don't know how many you have in your list I well i was gonna play bleed to lover but i'll play this one let's yeah we'll just uh i'm gonna throw this in there from throne from say you will this is a, a song called thrown down you stole it from my list again i can't believe we have so many songs the same i had an early copy of uh, say you will and i was doing some project with jimmy Iovine, and i in the middle of the meeting said hey you want to hear a good stevie nick song and he had gone out with yeah, yeah. for a long time and produced Belladonna, yeah. you know, and a huge part of her career. And I put this track on and he went, she's good. She's good. <laughs> he produced yeah. The Wild Heart too, I think. I think yeah. he produced the first two. This is a great song. Yeah, it really is. I also like Stevie's the, the, the title track, See Well, I love Bud. Oh, so good. I think it was perfect, except that sort of kiddie choir made it more of a Stevie Nicks solo thing. It was a little yeah. too cute to me for a few minutes. Yeah. But up till then, it's a total winner, I'm too. sure that was a discussion in studio. <laughs> I think there's no shortage of discussions in those studios. That's a great song. Uh, no, I can't believe... That's weird that we both picked Thrown Down. I will pick yeah, cause there's more. Again, there's 18 songs on yes. the album. And I, again, I pick, picked Bleed to Love Her, but from Say You Will. I, I will pick uh, um, one more. Uh, I'll pick uh, peace, Peacemaker. Peacekeeper. I'm oh, sorry. I will pick Peacekeeper, which is one that... Uh, I believe it's one of the things that you know Lindsay played to me. I don't know if it started out being in Gift of Screws or one of those many projects, but it's one. It, I've always found this song haunting, and I it's inexplicable to me in that like I still, after listening to it for all these years, uh, I don't know what it's about, which is probably why I screwed up the title. It's like I I've always thought that Peace uh, Peacekeeper was about like to me. It's like a bomb is a peacekeeper. I almost, yeah. almost had like a Doctor Strange love uh, imagery with this song, but I believe I'm wrong because I, I've asked Lindsay about it in many on many occasions, and I think he he meant something more metaphysical about like 
family and love and sort of the the world. He, I guess he said it was not as sort of global. I always had a sort of global politics uh, doom and gloom thing about it. But well, whatever it means, it's a great sounding well, track. I, I can tell you, we, we got a cat in October. It's the first real pet we've had. And uh, not that the household was crazy, but since the cat came, really mellow. The house is super mellow. And maybe the, maybe the cat's a peacekeeper. Exactly. That's the peacekeeper. That's what it's about. It's a cat it's song. It's about a cat. See, Year of the Cat by Fleetwood Mac. about those Say You Will sessions was I always admired about Stevie and Christine that they looked out for one another, that they were not like divided. Like in some groups, you would think the American chick being yeah. brought in with the British chick, there'd be like cat scratch fever, no. you know, fights. And they, they're sisters. They, they're really sisters of the moon. And they, uh, like, I remember Stevie, she was the one expressing how much she missed Christine. I think the buffer. Musically and emotionally, she liked having it. But what I like about that song is it has that Buckingham Nicks vocal. Stevie blending and harmonizing with Steve, with uh, Lindsay is just fantastic. Absolutely. Let's. Uh, I'm going to play a song now off the the first album with the classic lineup. It's simply called Fleetwood Mac is the album. This was uh, recorded at uh, Sound City Studios, produced by Fleetwood Mac and Keith Olsen. And this is uh, Blue Letter. It's funny that that first Fleetwood Mac, that classic line yeah. of the record, it's so big, and yet because rumors became even bigger, sometimes know, people gets, overlook. It was that's how we all. Dis- I mean, I don't know about you. That's how I discovered Fleetwood Mac. That was, was that with record. what with this record with, with this record. Yeah. This see, you know, it was rumors for me. But then when I then when I after rumors and I went back and bought this, I was like, oh, I know a bunch of these songs. Yeah, I think this record, this Fleetwood Mac album, might have been like the fifth record I ever bought. Uh, and then uh, I'll play. A song I love from that era. Uh, again, I think there, I do feel this connection between like going from Oh Well and some of the bluesy stuff to the chain, which people know, yep. to world turning. Uh, you know, uh, on this is a rare track in the sense that uh, I think it's one of the only tracks 
really that Lindsay and Christine wrote together. Mm-hmm. And I, if I'm talking to Lindsay within the last year, I know that since Christine came back, he's been working with her very closely and like, they're really enjoying like writing and working together. And this song is, I think the first song they ever wrote together. And it's classic. It's just, it has that same sort of little bluesy, uh, in the, you know, Fleet, Mick Fleetwood and John McVie, the bass, uh, the, the uh, rhythm section is just top notch. sort of dark yeah. undercurrent that is to me it doesn't it's not mellow like yeah. you know there's this overwhelming association with sort of yacht rock almost with Fleetwood Mac but there's often their songs have this just dark undercurrent that I really love I think I think the song Say You Love Me pops in people's heads and that's what and then they think oh that's what they do right little lies yeah those shimmering kind yeah. of songs which are all nice and yeah, beautiful great songs yeah um, since we're giving, let's give, I don't think we've given Christine enough love. So let's go to a song from the Penguin album, 1973. And this is a song called Remember Me. This uh, this lineup included uh, a guy named Bob Weston and a guy named Dave Walker. So yeah, no, and then isn't there the famous time when Fleetwood Mac was sent out with nobody? You know, there was like a sort of a counterfeit Fleetwood Mac sent out at one point by an old manager. So it's all nice. And then Mick at one point, I think, pretty much around the time of Dave Mason, they were getting down to uh, almost being a counterfeit themselves. It was just. It was just Fleetwood and Mac at that point. <laughs> well, they are the, ty- the name. They uh, are the partners. name. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My next song is from the album that I, you know, used to have to defend, and now it's become uber hip, so I don't defend anymore. It's one of my favorite songs from Tusk. It's actually 
I want to play the version from Tusk, which is uh, it's called a song called Walk the, Walk a Thin Line. But uh, it's a Lindsay song, but it's also there's a version that's even better that you can track down, which I think, or it's hard to track down, but I think it was on a Mick Fleetwood album. There was a version uh, that's even better. So it was like, I think it was on that record where, yeah, it's, I, it's on one of the Mick Fleetwood solo records, but this version is also wonderful from Tusk, and it's just sort of, uh, I just think, a little Lindsay Jim. Taking their time. This is a very yeah. slow version. The thing about Lindsay is, you know, he uh, he could produce. He was like a one-man Beach Boys. His own mm-hmm. when he sort of would double and triple track his vocals. He just sounded to me. One of the most harmonically adventurous guys ever. Yeah, he's he's definitely a genius, and no one. And I think he's under uh, underrated as a guitar player. Like when I read great guitar player lists, he doesn't seem to be on it a lot. And when you see him play live, it is crazy. He's picking like the neck, and he's he doesn't strum. He like plays it like a banjo somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I know what he's doing. Utterly unique style. Uh, I mean, there's only one guitar player in Fleetwood Mac when you see them live. It's amazing what it's he does. It's ridiculous. He, uh, my favorite line ever in an interview was when I, inter- I did a, uh, I produced a behind the music on Lindsay. Like there was different ones on Stevie and mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac, and but I produced one on Lindsay at one point, and I asked Brian Wilson if he'd talk to me, uh, and because I knew Lindsay would like that. Yeah. And I went to Brian's house, and the first thing Brian said to me was, "I think Lindsay's crazy," and I thought, <laughs> "That's well, coming." Brian, Brian Wilson <laughs> says you're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. The um, Tusk has amazing songs on it. Like I, there's, there's so many songs. I, I've played songs from Tusk a lot, uh, but Sarah is one of my favorite songs. And Storms song. and they they all have great songs on there. And maybe that would be maybe that would be one of those albums. If you pared it down to a single, it would have been been stellar. Also, absolutely. But I do like but I do like it. And it's very heavy, experimental Lindsay on that album. Well, Lindsay, you know. Uh, it's interesting because he, he takes great pride in that album mm-hmm. because he really did, you know, they had the keys to the kingdom and they yeah. drove it off the edge of the road intentionally. He did. Yeah. And I think the others sort of followed a little reluctantly, but afterwards they were not happy. But, but there all were, these years later, it's been rediscovered. But there, were, there, were, there are enough songs on there that will, will satisfy your rumors, Jones. Now. Oh, absolutely. And no, it's, it's just it's so expansive. And yeah. I will say that the song Tusk, is to me one of the weirdest songs that any major band ever put out. You, as a single. As a first single to announce this most one of the most expected albums of all and time. And I still don't know what it means. I don't even know what it means. I, I don't know what it's about. I think I've I've always taken it as a dick joke, but I could be wrong. Since it's yeah, a I mean that, yeah, I mean, but it's just so if that's that would make it even more weird if that was how it went down. You get the UCLA, uh, was it the USC Trojan marching yeah. and, band or whatever? And John McVie's not in the video. They have a cardboard right, cutout cut of him. Out, yes. 
But uh, listen, I'll play the, the. I only picked one song from Tusk tonight, and it's a Lindsay song. It's called "Not That Funny." Sorry, Kyle. I'm jumping all over the list tonight. to sort of the new wave thing yeah. that was happening and like you know Fleetwood Mac again he didn't want to be part of uh oh they're coming to bust us <laughs> they're on to us I am Pat I hope they're not picking up uh, April on the street oh it could be or Mike uh oh it's a bust oh Mike Seagull's out back with carrying? some H I hope not <laughs> if he does I hope it's in a H. balloon what is up that his... like Horse Lips album what, is it, what does H mean <laughs> House Martins heroin oh heroin Oh, yeah. Horse. Horse. The other horse. Eight. Window pane. Yes. <laughs> two, two complete limps talking about hard drugs. Two guys that have never done drugs. I don't know if that's true. That's true. I've only done drugs. This is absolutely true. I've only done drugs for professional reasons with bands that insisted I had to be, if I was going to be in the room, I had to be high. So, you know, if Axel says, you know, if Guns N' Roses needs you to be high, you get high. All right. Skid Row. Those are the only reasons. I've only been high with... Hair, hair with hair metal, metal hair bands. Hair metal. Uh, there's there's a lot of like two minute songs on the you know under three minute songs on Tusk too. A lot of the Lindsay songs are just like like you know quick. Yeah, no, it's wild, wild stuff, crazy <laughs> stuff. What's up next for you? I don't know. Let's look at my list. Let's see. Okay, uh, here's a question: Are you going to let me? Uh, you know what? Let's go to. Because we're not hit heavy right now. We no, haven't been hit I'm heavy. Gonna, I'm going to go kind of hit heavy in a way. Okay. I'm going to go to a song that somehow became a hit even though they wouldn't put it on the album. I'm talking about Silver Springs. I have that on my list. Which is one of the most beautiful songs ever recorded. And when Stevie tells you the story that like they sort of you know called her aside and told her, we don't have room for this, mm-hmm. that... That was insanity. They like, had room for 18 songs on Say Will. They didn't have room for uh, this on Rumors. Maybe yes. that's why. Maybe they didn't want to talk And uh, <laughs> I think this is one of the most beautiful songs ever written, uh, period. If this is your throwaway. Yes. So this was a B-side. And it was sort of, yeah, exiled to a B-side and then gradually has become one of the most it's beloved. A staple of, it's songs. a staple. Because of the dance concert, this is like a staple in the live show now when her and Lindsay really... And it doesn't never seems stage. It seems really well. Here's what I'll tell you about Stevie: is that you know she talks. She's talked over the years so many times about like the sacrifices she made for music, and that music, the songs are her children. Never had children, but she really, but she really, really invests in her songs yeah. more than anyone I've ever met. She really treasures them, and she doesn't ever. You see her sing; she's feeling it. She yeah. she is never just you know uh, going through the emotions. So this is. One of my favorites, Silver Springs. Don't say that she's pretty. 
It's weird, this song. That was the studio version, which is what I brought, too. They, they had re-released Rumors uh, not that long ago, and they, they added that, and, but they had dropped it right at the end of side one. So it kind of broke the flow of, um, of the album a little bit for me. But then they re-released Rumors again. Maybe that's when you did the, when it was the yeah. three disc. Yeah. And then they put it at the end. Right. Which I think is Oh, weird. no, they should always put the stuff. You should yeah. always... Yeah, respect the integrity of what was out, yes. and then put the other disc. Yeah, because I remember when the when the when the when the when they remastered it the first time, I'm like, oh, that's on here. Oh, but they dropped it right here. I don't know if I like that. But um, yeah, that's a great tune. And and uh, Stevie's solo album that came out last year called Twenty Four Karat Gold Songs from the Vault is a great album. Yeah, no, and that's just sort of odds and ends. It is. Sort of and it, Dave and Stewart and she dusted up. Yeah, and it is it is really great. I really like that well, album Well, I actually think in your dreams, the, the sort of focus studio record that she did, I was in the studio for a it's lot fantastic. of that. It's fantastic. That's a masterpiece of a record. Dave Stewart did a great job on that. Yeah, because the album... With her. The album before that, which is 10 years between studio albums, Trouble in Shangri-La, is not my one of my favorites. Uh, you might have dinner planets, with it this it week. Planets of the universe and had some great the stuff. That it had a couple, yeah, but 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 as, a, but as as an entire album, it's nowhere near. Yeah. In your dreams is just amazing. Yeah, I think that album was one. Of, if I remember correctly, I think Stevie says that record. I think it came out right around the time of nine eleven, and mm-hmm. so it sort of got lost in the shuffle. Who just walked in? Are you okay, David? That's my jam. That's right. Yes, no, April, April just walked in. David's a little flustered. <laughs> As a fan of the show. <laughs> uh, let's go with, I'm going to play something from Mirage. And uh, I love this song. Uh, it's a Lindsay song. It's Oh, Diane. Oh, no, here I go again. Falling. This is one of those songs where Lindsay reveals, like, he grew up like a rich, really white kid in the white part of Northern California. You know, family of, like, his brother was an Olympic swimmer. His dad, like, ran uh, some sort of factory and businessman successful. And then later, they think they lost some of the money. But he grew up around a lot of really white music. Yeah. so the, like he loved Ricky Nelson, he loved the Kingston Trio, mm-hmm. the stuff that's like a little sort of almost early or pre rock and roll. Yep. So that's exactly where this song comes. Yeah, from. so he that kind and, of stuff. And through some of Lindsay's solo work, you hear uh, like Out of the Cradle, which I think is the great Stevie, uh, the great Lindsay solo record. There's some of these echoes of that sort of that era of music. I love that song. I like uh, I like Gift of Screws a lot. Yeah. Well, what's weird is again, I was around him when he was recording what was gift of screws. And then I can't ever keep straight. What ends up being gift being, of screws yeah, because it's sort of like, you know, I remember this is literally true. Uh, that when I first had a discussion with him in 87, he goes, uh, I said, how are you doing? He goes, yeah, I got six songs ready on my next solo record. And then I talked to him two years later. He goes, yeah, I got four songs ready on my solo record. It's like, I said at this rate in only eight years, you'll have no songs on your solo. <laughs> he, well, Fleetwood Mac steals his good songs. Yes. But I think he gets paid the privilege of having them steal it. Oh, that's true. What do you got? Uh, okay, I'm, his list. I got to decide. Uh, I am going to go for a weird song because none of them wrote it. This is a rare cover by Fleetwood Mac. 
it was on their live record, which was sort of just a sort of timekeeper in between yeah. records. Uh, but one of those live albums where all the tracks are recorded at different venues. Yeah, it doesn't have that much of a coherence of a real no. live show. But there's one absolute standout, which is this track, which I believe is an old like Brian Wilson sort of Beach Boys song. Uh, but I've only fallen in love with their version. I listen to it all the time. This is Farmer's Daughter, and it's just the it's sort of like the example of them just blending their voices sort of almost like at rehearsal. It's such a great track. almost like the sense of the 70s version of Southern California rock. Only sound like doing a, a tribute to the previous generation of uh, SoCal. That almost doesn't sound live at all either. No, I think it, I think it might have been something they, I'm trying to remember, it might have been like even like a sort of, I remember on the live record it felt to me like a sort of after the show little uh, add-on. Or maybe like a rehearsal thing they're doing to warm up or something. But I love it all the same. Oh, here's what it says. Uh, the Farmer's Daughter, written by Wilson and Love, recorded at the Santa Monica... Did you uh, have to mention Mike Love? Couldn't we just I leave know. it at Brian Wilson? Recorded at the Santa Monica Civic Center for Crew and Friends. Exactly. I was so, not one of those friends. Not at that time. I feel hurt. That was in 1980. Maybe you weren't in the, uh, the big wheelhouse for Fleetwood Mac at that I point. I was definitely not. Let's, um, let's play a Christine song from the album that does not have Lindsay on it. This is Behind the Mask. And I, uh, this album's not great, but it does have about five or six solid songs. But this is a very poppy. This is a song called Save Me. Yeah. But I will say that it just sort of proves to me the point of how what a genius Lindsay is because yeah. it's like they got like some I think it was Greg Ladani or someone I think might have been the producer yes. they got uh but they got someone who's a very competent LA sort of slick producer right. but it just never has the freshness like Lindsay doesn't come at things you know with a sort of commercial sense I think it comes at it a pure musical sort of like he creates a little landscape musically for Fleetwood Mac. And, and he like, has an edge. He has a little yeah, bit of an edge. An edge or there's some, he'll like, you know, make it lush, but then he'll have a dog barking or whatever he'll do. Yeah. That it never feels typical and dated. Like to me that the production feels just like yep. a little sterile, a little like everything 
And they, uh, again, Billy Burnett and Rick Vito. And they actually, these guys got to sing a couple songs in this album. It wasn't like they were just brought in and like, just to back up Christy and Stevie. Well, not only that, I think this was sort of part of the problem from, as I understand it from that, it was everyone, this was the cocaine years, which were probably mm-hmm. maybe the cocaine decade. Yes. So like they just needed all the help they could get to make an album. Just to get it someone, out there. Someone had to write some songs and they were so also whacked out of their minds that, uh, you know, I don't think the album holds up, but uh, I'm glad. No, no, no. I, I don't think it does either, but I just wanted to play. Because uh, I do like well, I wish I, you had like, not. I wish you had restrained yourself, <laughs> frankly. Um, I'm not playing anything from Time, <laughs> yeah, which, which is the one with uh, Becca Bramlett. And, um, Who's a great singer, by the way. Yeah, you yeah, run, yeah. I see her in Nashville. She's, you know, she's like a, she sings backup with everybody. She was really talented from a good vocal family, but no. Yeah. It ain't uh, Stevie. It's not. No, it's not. Uh, it's just not Fleetwood Mac. Well, so get us back on track then, David. Okay, I'll try to save you. With uh, we've spoken a lot about. Is there a pun intended on that? No, because the last song was. I know it saved me. But now that you mention it, you're running into the ground. I will try to get us back in the chain with the chain, which is, I think my to me it's like their theme song. It is, it 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 is a song about their relationship that sometimes they don't want to have it, sometimes they do, yet. It's still there. It's just underpinning the whole thing. All five get a songwriting credit on this. Which is, I think, maybe one of the only, the only time. The only time. I think it might be the only time John McVie in the, in the classic lineup even gets a well, songwriting it, credit. And it's funny. It's like John McVie's personality is just like that. Like when we did the Rumors uh, liner notes mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, it's like I always get like everyone's like, okay, I'll talk. We'll talk. And then it's like John McVie's always like, nah. Uh, it's like he doesn't he doesn't want it you know he's like yeah. he got, i guess he's got the mac and fleetwood mac so he's got enough yep. he's not there's no credit grab from, but he uh, john McPhee. he shines in this song he gets a bass little bass solo in here and it's oh, just fantastic this it has there's a throb to fleetwood mac yeah. that like you know and it's like that i think part of it is we haven't discussed this at all is that part of it is how many groups in history are there with two men and two you know or actually you know three but with an almost even male-female vibe. And I think yeah. that's part of what gives it its strength is that there's a you know, a feminine sort of heartbeat to the band, yeah. but it has the, the sort of two blues guys yeah. as the rhythm section. So it has all the good throbs. Yep. Let's hear it. The chain. And listen to this and think like it's it's like tribal, like like Tusk. There's something like as white as they may be. Yeah. There's something tribal and uh, deep about what's going on. Yep. They're all kind of singing together on this one. And there's a lot of talk about in music about how tension helps. Yeah. But this is an example where, you know, there was so much tension during the rumor session and all that helped. It all, the dynamic was perfect. Yeah. I mean, if you really try to get your head around it, what was going on in the band when they recorded their biggest album of all time. If you do a flow chart of who was fucking who. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's actually insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to also save uh, myself from playing save me by playing. Um, it's so funny. You said the, the, the story is Lindsay 
brought Stevie into the band. Yeah, they just wanted uh, Lindsay. As he likes yeah. to tell that story, yeah. and she doesn't like that she story as much. Story. She likes to tell the story about how she was vacuuming, you know, other people's yeah. apartments, which he says is not quite true. I mean, these they still argue about this stuff. About like, stuff. Yeah. She loves to talk about her days as sort of a cleaning houses, and I think uh, he Lindsay basically, I think, told me once that. She once had to vacuum for Keith Olsen. That's about you know, once. But they still are having that argument. It's kind of sweet. Well, uh, or not. for not wanting, I'm not saying they didn't want her, but for having Stevie thrust into the band oh, by Lindsay. she was the greatest plus one in rock she, history. She brought Rhiannon, and she brought this song, Landslide. play a song about children getting older <laughs> she's, getting, she's getting older too and so are you so am i i'm not but you are <laughs> you're as old as save me <laughs> dated very dated no this song is beautiful and this is another one she's i and think in eight different interviews she told me the story of this song which was written like in a private mansion somewhere i think in colorado looking over the mountains deciding whether to leave Lindsay or not and to try to because buckingham nicks was going nowhere yeah. and and like this was a song about maybe giving up and it ended mm-hmm. up being you know a, a landslide of a hit it's 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 an amazing song one of, one of the best songs on the on that album for sure and that album has tons of great songs on it yeah and actually then since we're now getting into our hit phase i think uh I have Go Your Own Way, which is, to me, uh, I think, uh, Lindsay tells a story that I think when this was first played in advance of the record on L.A. radio, uh, I forget the DJ, I'm not in L.A., I wasn't in L.A. Mm -hmm. as a kid, but... uh, Wolfman Jack? No, no, no. Rick Dees? No. Hmm. Uh, Kevin and Bean? No, you're way off. Hmm. Uh, Save Me? No. Uh, Dick Clark? No. But in any case, I think there was some sort of, he said, I don't know if this is going to work. And to me... This is one of the most perfect songs oh, it's ever, and it, unbelievable. It it totally captures that tension yeah. uh, of of what was going on in the band, and it's fantastic. It's it's like, yeah, just a perfect track to me. Lindsay's gift is he knows as a producer, and you know, it's like he wasn't technically the producer on uh, the first Fleetwood Mac record. He wasn't even technically the producer, I don't think, on Rumors. Right. He, he really was. I think there's never been a record that Lindsay was a part of that he wasn't really a, at least a producer. And he knows exactly how to serve everybody else. Like, he, I think he's been frustrated by over the years by his ability to make everyone else sound so good. Yeah. But this is a point where he made himself sounds so perfect absolutely it's just it's and it has the balls that again the people who think Fleetwood Mac is just mellow there's nothing mellow about this this is a really sort of angry and powerful track you just go and go to YouTube and just look up Lindsay playing live and you'll know they're not mellow um yeah how many songs from rumors do they still play in the set list probably six or seven easily well back like at the say you will I know 
you know, you mentioned how many tracks were on that record. I think it was very important to Lindsay then to keep the band forward looking. I think that's always mm-hmm. been his instinct. He's always more of an artist than a, you know, just sort of a businessman. Yeah. But I do think now with Christine being back, they sort of have hit this point where they are happy to celebrate, you know, the legacy that they built together. But hopefully we'll see one more album with the classic lineup. I know Lindsay, uh, I know Lindsay has been working, you know, for a while with Christine and mm-hmm. I know he wants it. I know he wants, you know, he's expressed it to me many times. I think Stevie, there's always that tension of what, I think whatever Lindsay wants, Stevie might not, not want, want just by definition. There might right. be a little of that. I don't know if, you know, think about who you were dating in 19, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. if you were forced to, uh, to work with them, how <sighs> tense it might get. I don't stay friends with any of my exes. Or even your currents. No, no. I don't like anyone in this room. Um, <laughs> let's hear uh, the newest, something from the, the newest Fleetwood Mac music that we have is from a, it's from a digital download only EP called Extended Play. And this is a song called Sad Angel from 2013. how little heard this EP was I think because of the way it was uh, I know it just sort of came out as an iTunes sort of uh, yeah they just wanted to have something new to play for that tour which and, of course uh, is ironic because you know their audience is not the audience that's hey yeah, please play something, something new. new I know uh, I wouldn't be surprised if these four songs get cleaned up a little bit more and have some Christine on there and these might appear on the, the next album I wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me there's some great... No, that one in particular. I yeah. also had that one, so now I will not play that one. <laughs> you bastard. But I, do I get to play another song? Have we played anything from Mirage yet? Uh, not Mirage, from Tango in the Night? Uh, I will play from Tango in the Night, uh, Big Love. Uh, this song... This has the sexy oohs and ahs. I, I remember being uncomfortable yeah. as a younger man with it. And I was now, too. Now as an but old now I'm going to sing along. Married horny bastard. I appreciate the and I think if I remember correctly, this is one of the things. It's that, not it was nice. It's <clears throat> yeah, uh, grunts. It's grunts. It's, it's grunts. love grunts. Love grunts. And I think what it is. <laughs> That's a great. That was my band in high school. Yeah, we were the exactly. love grunts. Uh, That's my favorite new gen album. It <laughs> sounds like a new gen album. Love no, grunts. That would just be grunts. There'd be no oh. love with Nugent. By That's the way, we need Nugent to come out and support Trump. You know what Ted Nugent? <laughs> That's have what I, I ever need. told you my Ted Nugent story? I would love it. Uh, my first day at Rolling Stone in L.A., when I moved to the mm-hmm. office in 19... I think it was 91. Uh, I think that's a year. Um, I walk into the office, and then someone says, there's a call from Ted Nugent. I don't know Ted Nugent. And he goes, David, uh, I want you to write the liner notes for my box set. It was called Out of... Uh, out of Control. Out of Control. Yeah. And he, he could hear some hesitation. Oh, it goes... Uh, and what do you, oh, I'm sorry. He called because I had written the liner notes for Aerosmith Pandora's box, yeah. which was a box set around that time on Legacy. And this was going to be a big difference between Legacy. Aerosmith and Ted Nugent. Well, that was, to me, there was big difference. Yes, and, there he is. Could, and he could hear, oh, so what he said was, the quote was, 
David, I thought when you became a rock critic, you had to leave your dick at, your dick at the door. But you're still holding on to yours with both hands. And I went, well, thank you, sir. You know, I think. And he could then, he goes, I want you to write my liner notes. I'm like, ah. Uh, I went, ah, humana, humana. And he went, I know, you don't like me. He goes, don't worry. I love me enough for both of us. And what he meant was, I'll, you can just quote me about how great I am. You just be, he wants you to just put it in, a, in put it together. Exactly. So that's so what did I did. you do it? Oh yeah, read those liner notes. That I say virtually nothing good about him, but God knows, uh, Uncle Ted says a lot of nice things about Uncle Ted. And you know, the the early Ted he does have he does have some solid songs when he, when Derek St. Holmes was in the band. This is you're you're whiter than I am, so I I don't I, I you know I I guess I like a couple. <laughs> um, well, I mean, look. Stranglehold. Hey I, only, baby. I only like the meatloaf. What is there? The the one or two tracks meatloaf did. That's oh, the only thing. oh, you like you you like the ones from uh, Free just, For All. I'm just pro meat. Look, there's no there's no comparing Ted Nugent to Aerosmith. That's what we're coming out with today on this Fleetwood Mac based show. Yes, exactly. I never thought Ted Nugent's name would pop up. I'm sure Fleetwood Mac would be thrilled. <laughs> I would like to get uh, Lindsay and Ted to write a song together. No. <laughs> So what are we playing? I don't need, you're going to play Big Love and we're going to all go uh. And I believe like at the time it was like who is Lindsay recording having sex yeah. recording sex with in the studio like like Donna Summer kind of controversy but I believe, if I remember correctly, it was just him speeding himself up. Yeah. I think uh, he was actually making love to himself, which is something he wanted to do for years. The, uh, the the group photo that's on the back of this album... Uh, oh, it's the most like superimposed fake photo? Well, Lindsay, it looks like he's got a big potato in his pants. His <laughs> pants are so tight, you can, like, his whole crank is right out there front and center. And why didn't he tour? Why didn't he want to tour? This is... Oh, because... This must have been ridiculous. Like you recorded this album, the album, the album is very popular. Yeah, no, it's a big hit. But he before the, I think before it came out, he said, "I can't do this. I cannot." I think he started out. To, he was going to go on the tour. He said, yeah. "I can't handle this." I think, in his defense, I think Stevie was very messed up then. Yeah. Also, was doing her solo career. So, I think as he explained it, she was available to him for like six days. You know, and in barely any condition to help at all. You know, they sort of cobbled together this record, but he just didn't think they they could make it. They were roadworthy, but I think the tensions and his ego. You know, I mean, because his solo career had not taken off, despite the fact that I love those records. I love yeah. Law and Order. Uh, I love uh, Go Insane. It's one of the weirder records you'll ever mm-hmm. hear. Uh, but I think there were just all these tensions, and he, you know, he says if he hadn't left, then he wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be getting along now. That they yeah. need, you know, they would have killed each other. And Stevie only has three or four songs on this album. And isn't that the one where it has the uh, is it wonders? Uh, what's it? Seven called? wonders. Seven wonders, which she didn't write, which a friend of hers, I think Sandy, Sandy Stewart, Stewart wrote. Yeah. And I think that's a great song. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a wonderful record. It's just uh, it was not a good time for them. No, so that that the, the I believe Lindsay then because yeah, if Stevie only has three songs on this album then. But it had huge hits, Big Love, Seven Wonders, Everywhere, uh, Little Lies. Yeah, I think Christine, that's where she fills a void and, yeah. you know, uh, and gave those sort of nice pop hits that worked in 80s radio. Absolutely. Um, I'll play a rumor song. I don't know. I, uh, you played Silver Springs. I'm going to play I Don't Want to Know.
I was uh, doing the liner notes just a few years ago, when I tried to, I was trying to explain to you that I acted like I'd never heard the album mm-hmm. before. In that headspace, I said, this is the hit. And of course, it's like one of the least known songs, yeah. or maybe the least known song on Rumors. And it's a hit. It's, yeah, I can't I love believe it. it isn't a hit. It wasn't. It was, I think, one of the only non-singles on the record. And it's you just have, great. You would have thought they would have tried to to push every single last drop out of that Rumors album back then. How did this not get released? It's such a good song. Yeah, I think it might have been the one that knocked off Silver Springs, if I'm trying to remember. I think... I'm trying to remember what I know that Stevie told me some story about like she was in the studio that she snuck into the next studio where Sly Stone had his sunken like piano and I always, couch. I always like stories about that. I snuck in somewhere yeah. as a grown up. Yes. Well, Stevie's a witch. So she <laughs> That's true. In. Uh, she's one of the X-Men, isn't she? Stevie Nicks. Isn't doesn't she have powers? Yeah. She it's once tried to engage me in a discussion about the Twilight movies, and I was totally lost because I've never seen a Twilight movie, but she convinced me I should. There might be a song on that, uh, on that solo album we talked about. Inspired like, by a Twilight. In, yeah. She wrote a bunch of songs inspired by Twilight She likes movies. vampires. Yeah. Um, what are we going to play out with today? Do you, have a, do you have a song that we could play out yeah, with? Yeah, I do. If you we can, show me my list, Kyle, I, I think we'll play out with a... We, we've been talking back and forth a lot about the... Uh, Buckingham Nick sort of root of things yeah. for a lot of this music because that's really what brought this classic era uh, to the masses. So there's a song from the Buckingham Nicks record that I figured we'd play a little, few seconds of that. Oh, okay. That will sort of a lot of people still have never heard that. Uh, so we'll play out with that one. Let's if that's okay, and it's, it's it'll be a sort of emotional response to this show. It's crying in the night. Okay, we'll do, we'll let, we're not going to play out yet though. We're, we're going to play. Do you have, I'm going to play a song. Oh no, you play a song. I'll play a song. We'll do a little promoting and then we'll play out with this. Okay. You can play, we can each play one more. So okay. you're, you're up. Uh, from Tusk, another Lindsay song I love. Uh, that's all for everyone. Oh, this is a great song. Hear this record, Tusk. One of the cool things about it is, here's this band that, like, the definition of like, L.A. big sessions, big cocaine budgets, all you know, you know, all sorts of uh, money being spent. But he really made a lot of Tusk in his garage, like, mm-hmm. studio. Very Richard, indie. He and Richard Dashett, yeah, very do-it-yourself. Yeah, and it's a very, you know, it's a very intimate record in a way. It's like yep. the. You know, especially for a record that's following up maybe one of the two or three biggest albums of all time. Yep, absolutely. And, just and, I, and I remember, I'm sorry, there's a story of him get it, giving it to the Warner Brothers people uh, for their first preview, and they all listened to it together, and they saw, the, I guess they started weeping because they saw their Christmas bonuses disappearing, <laughs> that this was maybe not going to be rumors to. The, um, I, I, probably when people um, downloaded the show today, they probably thought that it was going to be very hit-heavy, and I, I think we gave more of a well-rounded um, overview of Fleetwood Mac than because for example we didn't play Rihanna Rihanna we didn't play Over My Head we didn't play Say You Love Me Secondhand News Dreams we Don't really Stop fucked up completely yeah 
go your own way. Well, people, it's you not make like love people and don't fun. know those Right, songs. so that's why I didn't pick yeah. those songs. Yeah. But I mean, if you were tuning in thinking we were just going to play those. Right, see, I started with Gypsy because that to me embodies, you know, but I could easily, just as easily have played Sarah, which I love. Oh, I could have played I played that Dreams, a million times. Gold Dust Woman, mm-hmm. uh, so many so I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play uh, my other Mirage song that I brought with me, which is the uh, opening track on Mirage. It's a Christine song called "Love in Store." Like that little Lindsay type guitar is what was missing from behind the mask. Exactly. But guitars don't always sound like guitars to him. It's like no, and you know, it's like things sound like toy guitars and toy pianos. It's like there's an inventiveness that's kind of like Brian Wilson. It's like he doesn't do it the way anyone else does it. He doesn't. Yeah, the sonic uh, palette is broader. The album covers are always uh, are always interesting to me too because on um, on Fleetwood Mac it's just John and um, John McVie and Mick Fleetwood. And then on Rumors, it's Stevie and Mick. And then Tusk, there's a dog biting right. someone's leg. I don't know what's going on. That, again, that's not an album cover that sells records either. You know, you, you, have a, you have a collection of songs like Tusk is, and then that album cover just... Well, if you know, if you, have, you've never, have you ever met Lindsay? I... I Tried to get his autograph a couple of times. And he was not. Was he not nice to you? He wasn't. He walked by people in wheelchairs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, that's not. I'm not kidding. I'm not, I, I saw him. Uh, I saw him perform at the Royce Hall solo show just a few years ago when he had one of uh, Gift of Screws or one of those albums out. Maybe the one that came after that. And uh, there were about eleven people waiting to get signatures. I had Tusk because I knew that would. If he walked by and saw me holding Tusk, that would probably perk him up. But that is he such was a, a sad story that I think it leads into our uh, <laughs> our playout song. But wait, I want to say one more yes. thing. Mirage has uh, uh, has um, uh, Lindsay and the girls on the cover, and then this is uh, say you uh, say you will has Stevie and Lindsay on the cover of a Fleetwood Mac album. The other guys are like in the peripheral, like I think they're on the back. Yeah, I forget who's a photographer who worked a lot with them. Was it Worthington? Someone Worthington. But I think, yeah, they. I thought the covers were all really artful. Yeah, they are. They are. And Lindsay, I mean, sorry, uh, Lindsay is artful in the music. I think Stevie also has a really, really uh, strong artistic mm-hmm. sense. And uh, yeah, I, I like the covers. And could Lindsay, now, what is he drinking that keeps him uh, looking? Looking so good? Yeah, he looks crazy amazing. He is annoyingly handsome. Handsome guy. And that's what's funny is that like you would think... That's, but that's not where he, he doesn't come from wanting to be, he said recently, this is like this year, mm-hmm. uh, he said like, I've just never been interested in the cult of personality. I've never been interested in celebrity. He just, he's literally just interested in the music. And I, it's amazing because like, well, I can tell you a story that will refute that a little bit if you want to hear it. Uh, I don't want to get in any more trouble. You've already had him being cruel to uh, people in wheelchairs, which I don't, but I don't, I, I, I am not kidding about that. He walked by people that were in wheelchairs and the other 10 of us that were there. I think he was trying to save other people that were behind you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that when he was on the Conan O'Brien show, um, when he was promoting one of his recent albums, that it took a lot of time to light him because he didn't want uh, any, uh, 
any possible double chin showing. There's no double chin. I know there isn't. With Lindsay Buckingham. I know there isn't. And yet, that's the story. I, I just want to distance myself from everything <laughs> that Pat has said this entire show, and indeed from this show. And I love him, but I would, I would love to get... Uh, I would love... Well, any chance you had of having uh, Lindsay on the show, you've just said goodbye to. I don't even think that's a possibility. Maybe if you did it in a wheelchair. I don't even think that's a possibility. I mean, I would love to have Lindsay Buckingham on the show, but I don't think that was even a possibility. I'm still trying to get Rick Springfield. <laughs> I don't know why that, that should not be so hard. I know. And did you see more? I, I, I tweeted He'll act at him. with Meryl Streep. She's a hack. I, I tweeted at him. And I, I hate doing that, but I do it sometimes. You know, like, hey, Rick, when are you going to come? And then Martha Quinn retweeted it and said, these are good guys. And then Elliot Easton said, you should do it. I think I tweeted him, too. Yeah, I tweet, you did, I you tweeted him. it, too. I tweet with him. So I don't know. Yeah, he really doesn't want to do this show. Maybe he heard what you said about Lindsay. <laughs> He'll do True Detective. <laughs> yes, he will. So this would not be the biggest piece of shit <laughs> that he would be on. That's true. Uh, David, where can we find you on? Uh, you don't have a website. Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, just Twitter at Wild About Music. I guess I am on Facebook, but I don't even know what it is. Go to your album or CD collection, randomly reach in there, pull it out. David probably wrote the liner notes for the album. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Go buy, uh, go buy Ted Nugent's Out of Control. Yeah, that, that's exactly. If there's any takeaway for this Fleetwood Mac show, go buy that box set. You just blew it for me to have Ted on here. So, uh, I I love Ted. I can tell. I like his politics. Yeah, uh, animal rights advocate. You're on. Um, you're on Twitter at Wild, Wild About Music. Music. Yes, Kyle. You're on Twitter at Kyle Dotson Funny. Yep. We're at Rock Solid Show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Uh, go to rocksolidpodcast.com to read Andrew Rich's notes. There's a donation button on there if you want to click that. That's cool. Um, also, the Live from the Rock Solid Studios is uh, still available if you uh, donate a uh, minimum uh, $20. Um, and just like us on Facebook. Uh, keep listening to the I show. I would like to, in that spirit, I would like to donate my time for this show. I would, not, to, I would not accept payment. <laughs> I will not accept the minimum SAG AFTRA. I appreciate it when you, I appreciate it when you come in here. When I ask you to come in here, you immediately you. There's I don't think there was one time where you went. Oh, I, I can't really. Oh do no, it. I love this show. No. I, I I I I hiked to the U two show this very morning. Six a.m. I was listening to you guys discuss pop and Zuropa <laughs> as if I gave a shit. <laughs> I know because I those are not in my wheelhouse that much. Those two. But, um, well, you must have got 40,000 or 50,000 steps with that episode because it, uh, it was brimming with, with the sarcastic, cranky guys. Let's see. Uh-oh, here we go. 21,863, so not 40. Uh, now, how many more will you accumulate before the night? It's, it's, 10 to, it's quarter till 10. That resets at midnight, I assume? Oh, yeah, right at midnight. So what do you do? Are you going to get any more before then? You can imagine then? in Italy I was working off really oh weird God. hours. Yeah. Uh, uh, I saw your pictures, and, and then when I was there, I'm like, how did he walk it? How did he even walk 30,000 steps in this heat? Well, I walked at 5 in the morning okay. till 9. You couldn't walk. No, you know. I mean, we walked all day long, but I mean, you can't, like, you couldn't. I, there were no joggers uh, midday in Italy. No. Like, I didn't see anyone whizzing by me. No, I was eating pasta midday. Food's so good. I'm still tasting it. Um so yeah, one more question. Will you get more steps tonight? Will you try? Or are you done? Uh, You're good. Mm, yeah, I will get to twenty five before bed. Wow, that's, that's not commitment. a lot. That's not a lot. 
Do you ever walk around the house, like just inside the I house? I do. <laughs> I'm sad to say that I do. The worst was the night before the Grammys. Do you have a treadmill at your house? No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, but I, at the Mulholland Tennis Club, there is uh, one. But I hate treadmills. What I yeah. uh, But the worst was I was I tried to get at least 20000 mm-hmm. before bed. And the night before the Grammys, I was doing the garage at the at the uh, at the um, venue mm-hmm. just to get the, I mean literally walking around the entire garage for yeah. half an hour just to get the 20,000 before I had to get in the car to go to the hotel and you did it I did it good deal damn it okay Ted cue up this song for us ramp it up Crying in the Night by Buckingham Nicks from the Buckingham Nicks album which you can't buy you can't buy so just listen to it now yeah crank it up Kyle <laughs> 